If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Bustler. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar and get exclusive rewards at patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp. Episode 174 of Switchcraft is also brought to you by OPC. Head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash OPC to directly support the show and get a fantastic gaming chair that can support you. I'm sitting in one right now, and it's great. Uh, head over to runjumpstomp.com slash opseat, and be sure to use the coupon code RUNJUMPSIT to get $10 off your chair. Switchcraft is recorded live three times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it. Tune in live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp and join the chat. We have lots of fun. Sometimes I'm talking about the stream or sometimes I'm talking about uh, Nintendo stuff. Sometimes I'm playing video games. Uh, just make sure that you join us over on Twitch. Okay, let's jump right into the news today. We're going to start off with a story about Nintendo Labo, which today is the 19th of um, April. Tomorrow's the 20th, and tomorrow is the day that Nintendo Labo actually gets released to the public. However, it seems like Walmart and maybe even Target or some Walmarts and Target stores have, uh, you know, jumped the gun and people are able to go into some stores and buy Nintendo Labo as, it, as it's already sitting on the shelf. Uh, this came from a uh, Reddit post. So there are already Nintendo Labo kits out in the wild. I do not have one. I do not want one. I think it's fantastic that Nintendo made this, and um, I'll probably end up having one in my house whether I want it or not at some point, but I'm in no rush to check it out. Um, not because I think it's a bad idea, but just because I don't want all that extra cardboard in my house. Um, we've got a smaller house and we, I try and I would like to keep it as clutter free as possible. And I think that Nintendo Labo, while an, an amazing idea, um, it's going to be something that will hold the attention of my my son for a short amount of time uh and then after that he will get bored of it and it'll just be sitting in the corner someplace uh and that means that now we have to you know if he decides to play it now we gotta track down all of the cardboard parts and that just seems like a hassle to me now that being said uh if you are going to be playing nintendo labo and you have checked it out Feel free to write in and tell me why I'm wrong at runjumpstomp at gmail.com. Uh, on a related story, um, The Verge got early access to Nintendo Labo, and one of their one of the people that work at The Verge uh, started making. Uh, th basically, they programmed a guitar. Uh, now, this is the one part of Nintendo Labo that I think is really. How, what's the how is it? How do I want to describe this? Um, 
Uh, I'm trying to not have silence here. Uh, really intriguing to me. Uh, and that's the Toy-Con Garage, which is this idea that you can just get some random cardboard from around your house. You have inputs and outputs, and you connect those inputs and outputs very much like programming, although... You know, from what I looked at, it looked a lot more like uh, the programming language Scratch, which I believe was developed at MIT to help people learn how to code. And I think that this is really cool. And it definitely piqued my interest seeing how she did this. Uh, But she ended up programming the Nintendo Labo to play guitar sounds in order to play uh, Rainbow Connection uh, from the Muppet movie. And I think that this is really cool. So it's it's a super interesting video. And if you want to check out the link in the show notes, it'll take you there so you can watch it. Um, That right there was super interesting to me. I just wish that there was I wish that there was less cardboardy stuff to do in Labo or um, I, I wish that there was a version of Labo that sold without all of the cardboard stuff. But then that kind of takes a lot of the fun out of it. So uh, clearly I am not the market for this. And clearly my, my nine-year-old is the market for this. So whether I want it or not, it's probably going to be here in the house. Uh, I'm just holding off as long as I can. All right. This story, this kind of bothers me. This kind of bothers me a lot. And it, it begs the question as to how video games are rated. And now I don't think that games that are put onto iOS and Android, I don't think that those games that are put onto cell phones, I don't think that they are run by the ESRB. I could be wrong about that, but I just don't remember ever seeing a T for teen or that kind of thing on a game on the uh, on the iOS or Android. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because um, Nintendo has made a change to Animal Crossing. And in my opinion, I feel like this should change the age rating. Now, I know that Apple has its own age rating, but I don't really understand what that means. Um, The age rating, like my son could play a game where he could talk to other people on the internet and they could say that that's four plus. And I don't like that. I don't think that that's good. I don't think that that's appropriate Um, So every time that my son asks to download something to uh, an iOS device, I have to go and look and see, can people talk to you in this app? And I, you know, I want to try and protect him from the horrible people that are on the Internet. So that bothers me that Apple's doesn't do that kind of thing. And I think that that's something that needs to be included in Apple's way of. Uh, ranking games, but like what age that they should be appropriate for. And I think that probably anything that has internet communication should be ranked for 13 plus. Now, ESRB, beside the point, because I don't think ESRB is on uh, these phones at all. Um, the reason I'm talking about this is because Animal Crossing Pocket Camp has now added randomized loot boxes. And as far as I'm concerned, this is gambling. And I feel like if this if uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp had an ESRB rating at, at the beginning, it would probably be E for everyone. And now that it has randomized loot boxes, kind of like a gotcha style system, uh, very much similar to Fire Emblem Heroes, 
um, I feel like that would change its ESRB rating. And I feel like the game is no longer appropriate for children to play unsupervised. Whereas before that, I would have no problem with my son playing Animal Crossing uh, Pocket Camp or pretty much any kid unsupervised. Now, you got to know your kids. And, and I honestly, at this point, even even if even if they added the loop, even though they added the loot box, I wouldn't tell him he can't play it. I would just say, well, um, all in-app purchases have to go through me anyway. So you don't have to you're not allowed to do that. Uh, I don't let you like I let my son play Overwatch. Uh, I just disable the chat. And, um, you know, if he wants to um, buy a loot box in Overwatch, I say no. And that's easy. But there's a lot of parents out there that don't understand video games very well. And, you know, because they don't follow this stuff as closely as nerds like me and nerds like you do, um, they're ignorant to the fact that this game now has gambling in it. And I feel like games with gambling in it should be held back from kids uh, unless the parents really understand what it is that the kid is playing. And for Nintendo to start out with one monetization model and then change gears and switch to another monetization model, I personally think that that is... Um, I don't know, a little shady to, to me. I think it's just a little bit shady. So before Nintendo made this change, their monetization model uh, was not as successful as Fire Emblem Warriors, or not Fire Emblem Warriors, Fire Emblem Heroes. Um, Fire Emblem Heroes makes lots and lots of money for Nintendo, uh, but the monetization model that Animal Crossing Pocket Camp used was basically... All right, you want to build this thing in your camp, then it's going to take three days, um, but it could go faster if you pay us 99 cents. And that's fine. That doesn't bother me at all. Um, the There are very patient people out there who can unlock everything in the game without spending any money. And guess what? You can probably still unlock everything in the game. Well, maybe not uh, without spending uh, money in Animal Crossing. Uh, pocket camp but now after six months nintendo has changed it so now animal crossing pocket camp has these loot boxes um and let me open up the link here and and if you want to read the article which i whoops i clicked the wrong thing if you want to read uh the article from Eurogamer, i suggest that you do if you are interested in this game at all uh so um Basically, what they did is they the, the addition is fortune cookies. Now, fortune cookies have been in Animal Crossing. Like, I haven't played anything for Animal Crossing before New Leaf. Uh, but in New Leaf, you could go in, you could spend some bells on a fortune cookie, and it would have a random item that you may have already had or maybe you didn't have. And that was fine because it wasn't real-world money, and that doesn't bother me. Um they brought fortune cookies into this version of Animal Crossing. And uh, the addition of fortune cookies, uh, they have random items from specific, exclusive, and time-limited sets. So that means that there are items that you can only get from fortune cookies, and you can only get them for a short amount of time. Once that Once that window of time is gone, that means that that item is no longer going to be able to be uh, received by a player unless they bring it back in another fortune cookie. 
Um, now they have two kinds of fortune cookies. They have premium fortune cookies and non-premium fortune cookies. And the premium fortune cookies, uh, they have um, cool new furniture. They'll have clothing. They'll have larger props, which will unlock uh, special story scenes with you and your animal friends. And um, the non-premium fortune cookies will have a separate pool of randomized items. Um, and now you end up buying your your fortune cookies for leaf tickets. So you use real money to buy leaf tickets and then you use the leaf tickets to buy the fortune cookies. And yes, there are ways to earn leaf tickets in game, but it's pretty tough from what I hear. And each fortune cookie costs 50 leaf tickets. So uh, there's a new Tom Nook in a bathtub of money bundle. This is 40 bucks, basically. And that is, oh, no, 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 hold on. Oh, I, I, I'm mistaken. So that one's 40 bucks. This is a new one. This is $75 for 2,500 leaf tickets, which is 50 fortune cookies. So that means you're spending $75 for to pull that slot machine arm 50 times. That is crazy to me. Now, I know why I understand why Nintendo's doing this. Nintendo released their information about uh, Animal Crossing um, Pocket Camp uh, versus Super Mario Run versus um, Fire Emblem Heroes. And of those three, Fire Emblem Heroes made buckets more money. Now, um, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp was kind of in the middle of the two, and then Super Mario Run uh, made the least amount of money, and that's because they had three different monetization models. The monetization model for um, for Fire Emblem Warriors is just like this. You, you, you play a slot machine to get the thing that you want, and the more that you spend, the more likely it is that you're going to get the thing that you want. And Animal Crossing, they had the thing that I already talked about where it was just to speed up waiting. And then finally, Mario um, Run, that was a, you spend $10 and you're done. You're, you never have to spend another dime. You get everything in the game after that. Um, now, mobile users are their own worst enemy and they complained a lot about the Super Mario Run monetization model because they didn't want to spend $10 because apparently they would much rather spend $75 to pull uh, uh, a gambling, um, oh my God, a, a slot machine arm in a game. And this is just absolutely asinine to me. Now, I, like I said before, I understand why Nintendo did this, but I thought that Nintendo was above this kind of crap and I feel like it is much worse for them to, like, when Fire Emblem Heroes came out, that was the monetization model, and everybody knew that from the start. But for Nintendo to switch gears like this and introduce this monetization model after the fact, I feel like it is underhanded, shady nonsense, and it really ticks me off. And I don't even really care about this game. I'm not interested in playing this game. But if this is the kind of stuff that we're going to see from Nintendo, I do not want to see... I, I, I fear how this is going to leak across into the other stuff that Nintendo does. Now, 
I'm sure I, there are some people out there that might say, well, Nintendo didn't really make this game. DNA made this game, and Nintendo's just licensing their characters for it. And while that may be true, I don't think that there's a chance in hell that 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 DNA did this without Nintendo's approval. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that Nintendo has their fingers in this situation deep, and it really, really bothers me that they're doing this. Now, I'm curious as to how you guys feel about this. It, for me, it does not affect me, but I still don't like what they're doing. Uh, it seems underhanded, greedy, and um, it just seems beneath Nintendo to me. Uh, that being said, I really want to hear what you guys think about this change to Animal Crossing. So let me know, uh, runjumpstomp at gmail.com, or you can tweet at me at runjumpstomp. You get a low score for this game. All right, now that I'm done being a negative Nancy, I was I was pretty negative on that last story. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Pokemon. Um, Pokemon on Switch According to this rumor that I found on Nintendo Life, actually somebody dropped it into our, our show notes pudding, dropped this one into my show notes thread on uh, Discord. Pokemon for the Nintendo Switch could be released as early as November. Uh, this is according to a Twitter user named Pixelpar. I guess this person is claiming to have contacts in the, the that relate to this game. And uh, based on the fact that it has been under localization, that's where they translate it from Japanese over to whatever language it is that they're going to translate it to. In this case, for me, it would be English. Um, it's been in localization for quite a while now. Uh, and I think that it makes a lot of sense. I mean, Nintendo has told us back in their earnings call uh, I think which was in February, I could be, or maybe it was March, uh, but their earnings call, they had a projected uh, date, release date for Pokemon of 2018. So sometime in 2018, now, by the way, that's fiscal year 2018, so that doesn't mean in the year 2018 that, that we think of. That means uh, Nintendo's fiscal year begins in April 1st and ends March 31st, so Sometime between April 1st, 2018 and March 31st, 2019, Nintendo has plans to unveil, or not unveil, but release the new Pokemon game for the Nintendo Switch. Now, they said that it would be 2018 or later. That's the official line. Uh, but if it's been in... Um, in localization mode for a while where they're getting all of the things translated and it's actually more difficult than it sounds because it's not just uh hey let's feed this into google translate and see how it does uh there's a lot of things that have to go into with localization um but if it's been in localization since late february and possibly before that um then there's a good chance that we will see this game in November and December. And if we look at the previous releases of the Pokemon games, uh, those all have been like Pokemon X. Well, actually, let me just pause recording for a sec. Look it up and uh, I'll make sure that I speak with a little bit of authority here. 
Okay, so I looked it up, and Pokemon X and Y were released on October 12th, 2013. Um, Pokemon Omega Rufy, Ruby... Rufy? Oh my god, that's a very different game. Uh, <laughs> Pokemon Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire was released on, released on November 20th, 2014. Uh, Sun and Moon was released November 18th, 2016. And Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon were released on November 17th, 2017. So it seems like we've got a pattern of these big Pokemon games coming out at the end of the year, right before Christmas, which is a brilliant move, to be honest. Um, so do I think that Pixelpar uh, has some pretty good information here? There's a good possibility that it is, and I think that uh, we'll find out very soon. E3 is right around the corner and when E3 gets here, I am 90% sure that we are going to be seeing lots of Pokemon stuff as, as well as a little game known as Smash. All right, so I've got a couple of stories that I just want to let you guys know about. And if you want to know more about it, you can check out the stories or the I'm sorry, the links in the show notes. Uh, first off, Nisa online store is going to be releasing Disgaea one complete uh, for the Nintendo Switch. And I've heard that Disgaea five for the Nintendo Switch is fantastic. I've not played it. I played the demo and the demo I definitely enjoyed. But when at the time that it came out, I just had too much stuff to do. Um, secondly, uh, Korg Gadget is going to be released for the Nintendo Switch, and that's coming on April 26th. Now, if you don't know what Korg Gadget is, it's a, basically a chiptunes making uh, station, and this seems like a wonderful way to do it. You can take your your uh, your music with you and keep working on it uh, to make some weird chiptune stuff on your Nintendo Switch. There's actually, um, like, I have um, a, a audio program called Fubar, which I use to listen to music sometimes, and I have a bunch of stuff on there that was uh, that was made on the Nintendo DS using Korg Gadget, and it's really good music. So it's a pretty powerful music uh, creation tool, uh, and it's coming to the Switch on the 26th of this month, which is pretty awesome. It's, I think, next Thursday. I could be wrong. Um, let's see. Uh, quick PSA about a game that is coming out tomorrow. Uh, that game is called The Way Remastered. Now, I'm currently under NDA about this game because I'm, I'm playing a review copy. Um, I've got a first look at it, which will come out tomorrow. I, th I think I'm allowed to bring up, put that out tomorrow. I'm going to have to make sure. Um, but if, if, uh, if I put out the video tomorrow, then it'll be in the show notes on Saturday. And hey, if you just go to uh, Twitch, or not Twitch, um, youtube.com slash runjumpstomp, you'll find the video there when it gets published. Make sure, sure you subscribe over there. Uh, it'd be a big help if you did. Uh, but this is kind of like a point and click adventure game without the pointing and clicking. And once you see the footage, you'll understand what I mean. Um, I don't want to say much about it, but I will tell you the PSA uh, from the developer themselves. They sent me an email, which was a link to a, a Reddit post. Uh, there is a game-breaking bug in the game. Now, I have not run into the game-breaking bug myself. However, 
uh, it will actually delete your save if you don't do it right. So uh, they talked to Nintendo and Nintendo said, we don't want to delay the game because that would be some some kind of pain in the butt, I guess. I don't understand why they couldn't just say, well, we'll just wait until it's patched. Um, the developers actually already have it fixed in a patch, but the patch may not be published to the internet before Nintendo actually releases the game to the public. And this this bug comes in about two hours after playing during the second boss fight. The game may crash and erase all of your save data. So if you pre-ordered the game, now you know to make sure that you wait for the patch before you play it. And that sucks, but at least the developers being upfront about it. Um, and if you are thinking about getting the game, I would personally recommend that you wait until um, after it's been patched. However, that being said, uh, I believe that today is the last day or the last day to get it cheaper uh, via pre-order. So I guess it's going to be cheaper via pre-order. I don't know the actual price because I got the game for free. Um, they are being really upfront and telling people this, and I think that that's awesome uh, that they're being upfront about that. But at the same time, I'm, I'm a little irritated that they decided not to push Nintendo on saying, hey, you know, if it were me, I would say, listen, people, Nintendo, don't put our game out tomorrow. Uh, we want, we need to wait until this patch is, is live because we want to make it best for the customer. And by I don't understand why Nintendo is saying that they can't just push the push the game's release date. Maybe it's something more complicated that I just don't understand. Uh, but now you know about this game breaking bug. Uh, so there's a little PSA for you. Uh, secondly, uh, we've got, or secondly, maybe thirdly, I don't know. Uh, one more announcement of a game. Well, actually two real quick. Another Eden is coming to the Nintendo switch. This is a game about a cat that travels through space and time, which sounds cool. It's currently on iOS and Android. So this is a mobile port. I know a lot of people don't like mobile ports just because the game was on a cell phone. Doesn't mean it was a bad game. So give it a chance. Um, and another game that's coming to the Nintendo Switch is Battlezone Gold Edition. Now, if you are my age, and if you're watching the video, you see a lot of gray in my beard. So I'm an old, old man. Um, but if you're my age, then you were around in the 80s, and you probably played Battlezone on the Atari 2600. And I absolutely adored Battlezone on my Atari 2600. It was one of my favorite games on the Atari. It was this really cool three-dimensional wireframe. Uh, if you've ever played Star Wars in the arcade, the one where you're in the X-Wing and you got to fly down the trench, it was that kind of vector graphics uh, the Battlezone had. But you were in a tank and you were fighting other tanks uh, on this big open battlefield. And it was so cool. Uh, and I just loved it. And apparently their Battlezone Gold Edition is coming to the Nintendo Switch. And there is a this is a link to Nintendo Life. Uh, but once you get there, there's a YouTube video and it looks really fun. And I hopefully it comes to the, I don't know when it's coming to the Switch, but it sounds really cool. And if it's anything like the original Battlezone, uh, just the nostalgia alone is a, is, is going to be something that I'm going to want to buy. Um, Res TV 
Uh, says, loved Battlezone when it hit PSVR. Excited to see it on other platforms. Okay, so this is a game that is being ported from uh, PSVR. And wow, that would be a really cool way to play the game is in VR. Uh, but now you can play it wherever the hell you are. So there's a bonus to you. Okay, so real quick before we go, I have a quick anonymous survey that I would like your feedback on. I talked about this last episode, and I'm going to continue mentioning it for a few episodes because I know that not everybody listens to every, th every single episode. And those of you that don't, what are you doing, man? But anyway, that's beside the point. I have a quick and anonymous survey that I want your feedback on. This is for demographics purposes, information that I need so that I can get in touch with advertisers for the show. Uh, now, a quick PSA. I want you guys to know that any ads that I run on my podcast will always be quick and to the point. And for products or services that I think that you might actually use, I will also make sure to keep the ads to a minimum like I do now. Uh, the survey should not take more than five minutes. Five minutes. Uh, thank you guys for listening and big thanks to the people who have already filled out the survey. I really can't talk today. Um, if you are looking for ways to support the show, there are a lot of ways that you can do that. One way is just by listening, continue to listen. And I want to thank everyone who, everyone, uh, I want to thank everyone, not every bun. Uh, although if you're a bunny and you're listening, I thank you. But I would like to thank everyone uh, who are here while I record the show. If you didn't do it, the live streams, if you didn't know, the live streams are usually a good bit longer than the audio podcast. We tend to get sidetracked uh, talking about other stuff that isn't included. So if you want to watch the full show, you can either tune in live at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp, or you can watch the videos after the fact over at youtube.com slash runjumpstomp. Finally, like I said, if you're looking to support my content, head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. All the links there will help me create more content. You can get podcast shirts there. Uh, you can get my wife's Etsy page there where she sells cool, geeky fabric things. Lots and lots of links there. And thank you so much to everybody who's already supported the show. And now it's time for me to thank the live chat, the people uh, the show just would not be the same without you guys. Uh, we've got uh, Kodiak Moonwolf, Vaxer, Awate86, Beats Alive, uh, Harvey P, Link31254, Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendork2012, uh, No Hero UK, Pudding, Res TV, Super 80s, TF Wagner, The Casual Cleric, and of course, The Lurkers. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me while I record the show. If you're looking for ways to get a hold of me, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. You can call and leave a voicemail at 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. Um, you can uh, join our Discord at runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. You can um, get a hold of me on Twitter at runjumpstomp. And there's even a fifth way that I can't think of right now. But there's lots of ways that you can get a hold of me, so make sure that you do. And uh, let me know what you think about Nintendo and the things that they're doing these days. All right, I'm out of here. I will see you guys next time. Make sure that you check out Note Block and Tom Winter. Uh, they make the music that you hear on the show. I appreciate it, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.